welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how the heck are you? Uh, I'm frustrated with you a little bit right now. I know. This we were talking about universal show. language before this, and I'm just having a hard time getting over it. But otherwise, I'm doing really well. Um, getting getting some headwind on uh, completing some work on the KLR right now. I'm trying to, this week, I'll be replacing the valve seals in it, and then I'll uh, be putting it back together, head back together, and then start assembling. Maybe this weekend. Um, okay. Uh, but I'm pretty excited um, that I'm getting to this point, so... Um, Look for more updates as we go forward. Another news, looking for uh, time to be able to do the lights in the carport. I know I've been talking about that a little bit, but might have an opportunity this weekend as well to kind of just lay out some uh, a plan for that. Uh, trying not to get too busy this time of the year. I really try to focus on family. So uh, that's kind of been where a lot of my time has went. You know, went sledding over the weekend uh, with, a, with a three, almost four-year-old, and uh, he had a blast. So... Nice thing about where we're at is it doesn't take very long to get up into the snow. Unfortunately, that's the same for everybody else in the same area, so it, it can be quite crowded. But uh, no complaints here, for the most part. Nice. So what about for you, Addison? How have you been doing? Sounds like a fun weekend for you. I've uh, I've been good. Gotten a little bit done. Um, actually refocused on uh, some work in the garage on my old RC car, so it's not actually motorcycle-related, but... Tearing, tearing the transmission apart, it stopped. Uh, I was racing my boy in his what would not be as high quality, you would think, RC car for the price we paid for it, and uh, just trying to keep up with him. I uh, I don't know. I assume that I spun some plastic gears, or uh, I'm not sure, but you put power to the motor, and it doesn't make it to the tires. So there's something between the motor spinning and the uh, output shafts to the wheels that is broken. So I'm pulling that apart last night and it doesn't look broken. So I'm trying to see where we're getting slippage or whether there's a bearing that's not working or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with it, but I'll figure that out here in the next couple of days so we can play in the winter with, uh, with winter time. It's always nice to have some, some games every time the sun comes out for a couple hours, we can go outside and do get, get something that forces everyone outside. Um, but otherwise, yeah, not, not too much else different. Made some, some tool holders uh, i've gotten a lot of the uh wear items or the the different pieces in the garage that uh that are heavily used and need to be replaced from time to time uh, for example shop uh shop vac bags and and uh, some some drill bits that are worn out i've replaced a lot of this stuff and now need to store all that somewhere uh so used kind of the drill press and and the uh bandsaw to go through and make a few tool holders for all this stuff so i can organize the garage so i spent some time this week really cleaning up and organizing my garage which was nice uh as we get into the winter and i spend more time in there on projects rather than out riding nice to have it all organized and clean no i completely get that you know we're kind of both on a weird predicament as far as not doing spring cleaning but usually spring cleaning isn't quite the same we, we do a little bit obviously but but, you know, you're starting to want to spend time outdoors. So I spend a lot more time getting things ready to be able to do things outdoors. So 
I've been kind of in the same predicament, getting stuff ready, of course, with the lights, as I've mentioned before, and, uh, and organizing some of the um, storage areas that we have in like our main garage and such. So I can understand that. Sounds like you were a little distracted, didn't hear any gladiator talk. So um, uh, I know something's in the works there. I'm looking forward to seeing some more clips and pictures and maybe maybe some Instagram posts. Things uh things are moving forward slowly. I've got to actually bend up some some plates and start welding. So I'd prefer to do that outside, out of the shop, where I've got better better air movement. So I'll probably wait since it's all bare metal till I've got a good clean weekend uh, to do a lot of that. But yeah, things are moving in the right direction. Uh, starting to kind of piece together everything I need to get that ball rolling a little bit better. Uh, nonetheless, you said you're working on the bike. Did you ever get to uh, get to twisted cams? Oh yeah, no, that was a great experience. I I showed up last week. I guess it was on a on a Thursday, and it was kind of hard place to find, uh, tell you the truth. But um, get out there, um, show up at this shop that uh, I could see from the outside, you know, through some of the windows, the bay doors. That okay, there's some quads in there. I'm like, okay, there's no <laughs> signs whatsoever, but I'm told that this is where I need to be. This is kind of where my maps uh, program on my phone was telling me I needed to go. And uh, so I get there, knock on the door. He comes over, this guy named Lewis. He's a great guy, uh, very sociable, um, interested in what I'm doing. I mentioned the uh, hot tub Daryl's name. I didn't mention the hot tub, of course. Uh, I think I would have lost it there. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just had a conversation, kind of telling him what I was doing, what I wanted to do. And, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I usually charge about 20 bucks for that. And I'm like, okay. And so he was going to like, he was going to check it, which a lot of places it's free, but check it, clean it, and then, um, hone the cylinder, uh, for 20 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I could hone the cylinder, but he's going to check everything, ring gaps and, and tell me if I need to get new rings or if he would use them. And, and so anyway, I just said, oh yeah, okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. And, He's like, well, if you want to stick around, I could do it. Of course, I didn't have $20 cash on me. So I just told him I'd come back the next day, went by on Friday, already had it completed, looked great, cleaned everything, cleaned the ring grooves on the piston. I mean, he spent some time on it. I mean, I don't know how long it was, but I'm like, for 20 bucks, that wasn't too bad. I didn't really miss out on anything. So uh gave him the money, chatted with him for a while, and uh, was on my way, but seems very knowledgeable. He got his big... Uh, uh, push into what he's doing now as his uh, his work or job, whatever you want to call it, but with banshees. And so you could see that he had five or six banshees in there. And uh, he actually had a couple of small block uh, Chevy motors and a couple other things going on. So it sounds like he's pretty versatile in what he works on, but mostly small engine stuff and uh, crankshafts and other things specifically are kind of like a specialty for the banshees and a couple other uh, quads but uh, man i wouldn't hesitate to go and see him again if i had to I mean, a lot better experience than what i had going to uh, a machine shop here by where we work so um obviously you know uh twisted crankshaft isn't going to be uh, my go-to probably for large engine stuff but uh, i'm going to be checking it out yeah, I can't, can't complain whatsoever. So that's part of the reason why I said I'm moving on to now looking at the seals and, the, and on the valves and head and getting that cleaned up and ready to start assembling some stuff. So it's pretty exciting, pretty cool. Looking forward to seeing that start coming together. Yeah, the ball's rolling on that pretty good, man. We'll be riding next season. 
Yeah, that's the hope. If everything comes together and it's running really good, um, you know, I didn't, I hadn't, hadn't planned on rebuilding the carburetor because it was good beforehand, but it has been sitting for a little while. So I might need to go through that. Uh, but uh, really, it's just once I get it running and uh, starting up fine like it normally does, if everything's cool, then I'll invest in the front and rear tires that I need and and kind of put it together. I, I started working on some of the plastics. I think I mentioned that uh, quite a while ago. Some of the listeners listeners may remember that. But, uh, uh, you know, everything's going good. I'm, you know, I'm probably finish those up too and get it cleaned up and just have a nice little on off-road bike and be able to do a little bit. I'd like to be able to start doing some of these trail rides with, uh, with the group. So, uh, yeah, I probably won't go with a really high weight oriented tire. Not that there's a lot of options for that, but I'll probably just do what I have on there right now. Just know that I have to replace them in five or 6,000 miles. Fair enough. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you'll be ready to go, and, and we're excited to have you on some of these trail rides. I haven't done a ton of the uh, the longer trail rides with the group, so you'll you'll force me to get out and and drive the distance in the truck so that I can participate on that. Of course. Aside from that, speaking of trail rides, uh, sounds like uh, Jason Momoa is looking to go on a lot more trail rides. Oh, really? Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I don't know who that is. He's uh he's an actor for those that don't know plays Aquaman amongst many other roles but that's one of the big ones everyone knows. Uh he's the guy in the Harley video I sent you. The more recent one. Oh, okay. I I mean that's great. I I I thought the cinematics were pretty cool. <laughs> uh, not, uh, not a lot of information. No, not a lot of information. Hey, hey, look, there's the bike, and it's on its own power and going through the dirt. I mean, I'm being a little bit pessimistic here, but I want more. At least it puts a solid date and a solid time for the release. There's really been a teaser for this Pan America Harley Davidson for years now, basically, and and now we've got February 22nd, uh, at least within what I saw uh, for the public release. Uh, there's an online event for the official unveiling of the bike. Right. I think that it's important to note that it's, you know, Harley Davidson doesn't do, you know, live online um, debuts in any regard. So they actually have their first one ever scheduled, which I believe is HD 21 is the name of it. And that's coming out on January 19th. So we're not done with the Pan American teases from what I understand that that's actually going to also include a, brief clip or a glimpse into the Pan America during that. And then you have to wait for the 22nd of February to actually be a part of the Pan America debut. And you have to register for each one of those, which is also an interesting move on Harley Davidson. You'd think uh, in many ways that they would just be broadcasting this to anybody and everybody. So I, I'm trying to understand a little bit of that. I mean, what, what's your, what do you think about that? I think Harley's finally coming into the social media and, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the other world account world where where the younger generation is signing up for events online and, and showing up, especially with COVID and everything going on. Um, that's kind of the only way to do these events. But even when it's not, if you want to present something in, you know, in Portland for the rest of the world to see, it's going to be an online event, right? You're not going to do that 
Right, but I guess what I'm getting at, I'm not surprised that they're having to do a live event, uh, you know, considering the circumstances that we're in. And I think it's still a great move to uh, broadcast it to a larger audience. But at the same time, they're limiting that audience by pre-registration requirements. And do you think that that's a good move? Do you foresee any uh, issues with that? I think it's a, a fine business move. I think for the most part, those that uh, that are general diehard Harley Davidson fans will go watch the video later on YouTube. They're not going to care about the event uh, for the the core kind of what a lot of people negatively portray. Right, the older generation that Harley has. I don't think they're going to care whether they register or not. Um, but I think it does help with younger generations to kind of help Harley sneak their way into you know the Facebook accounts of these generations or the emails where they're going to be able to at least be a normal voice in uh, in the social media realm of each uh, each person. So I would expect that it's going to be a different demographic for the most part that's interested in the Pan America, just because it's a very different bike from Harley's normal. The video makes it look incredibly, uh, you know, able. It, you know, it's jumping through the woods. It's It's really ripping hard. But, you know... A one-time ride on most any bike can do that, so that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be as awesome as the video shows. But you know, we'll, yeah, we'll but be I able think to there's find a lot out. of things that, about it that show that it's probably going to be more than capable for what, obviously, what the majority of the people are actually going to use it for, which is on highway use only, really. Uh, but even for off-road use, it's got a lot of good um, heritage and signs towards being capable. I mean, tubular frame uh, being one of them, spoke wheels, and, and there's some other options there that, that are available as well. So, so I, I don't, I don't think that we're going to have. I don't think Harley would come out with something, say that it's a um, dual sport, and then not have the capabilities. I, I don't think that's in the realm of what 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 Harley would do. I, Especially at a price point like that, it's going to be more than capable to do anything that you need to. I know there's been some concerns about the weight. I mean, what do you think about that side of it? It's hard to complain about that. You know, you look at the the Versus 1000, you know, any of these bikes, the, the GS 1200. I mean, they're not light bikes. It's not like, you know, they're also twins. Well, the Versus 1000 is a, a four-cylinder. Um, but, you know, the BMW is a twin. It's not like we're talking a class of bikes that are 300 pounds. And, and I don't think Harley is trying to slip into that world of, you know, four to 600 CC single cylinder thumpers. They're definitely going for a big adventure bike. So likely will it be of the heavier realm? Yeah. My guess is yes, just based on Harley's build quality and, and structural integrity that they know then they use and they kind of over design for all that. And that's just what Harley is, but none of those bikes are, you know, meant to go, knock out the Dakar rally, right? No one takes a 1200cc bike on that. They take the smaller CC single cylinder or sometimes twins in, in very rare cases on those that are the three, 400 pound bikes. Nobody's taking these big five, 600 pound adventure bikes on those trips. So I think it's going to yeah, be... Well, I mean, in the adventure bike in general, the intent in a lot of means, and we're not talking like basic dual sports, we're talking adventure bikes. So you're, you're up against some BMWs and some KTMs and some other bikes that are really designed to be able to take long rides. Like you can ride from one side of the US to the other and do all the stops in between and be able to 
you know, go, go off road a little bit and not have any concerns or hesitations along the way, really smooth on the road. I think that it's going to be a knockout of the park in that regard, for sure. It's the, the problems and stops along the way that I'm really interested to see the long-term uh, reliability of. It's something that, that hardly is known to, to be simple enough to work on and to go for years, but with a lot of maintenance and a pretty hefty maintenance schedule, right? Your adventure bike, when you look at that market, you're looking at guys that have, you know, a lot of the newer ones, 10 to 12,000 mile maintenance intervals, because that's the point, right? You're supposed to be able to go front to across the U.S. and back on the single oil change. Right. Well, and I think that you got to keep in mind, I mean, I don't know a lot of information about the uh, engine on the Pan America, but, but it, it does appear to be different than their typical um, V-twin. So that that very well could have been addressed. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think I think that's what we've come down to is there is a potential for this to come into the, slip into the market exactly where it needs to be. There's a potential for it to be you know an awesome newcomer that gets a lot of excitement. But there's also a lot. All of these same high points could also be stumbling blocks for the same bike, right? We could find that in an eagerness to to make it into a new market or a new type of market and kind of extend the interest in Harley. You know, there are definitely really important points on this that hopefully Harley has done their research because it's not their strong suit historically to understand what people want in this market. Yeah, I mean, okay, and so I just real quickly looked it up just that way I could uh, um, state it. But the Revolution Max is the new V-Twin, and it's actually a 1250cc for the Pan America liquid-cooled, um, you know, dual downdraft throttle bodies. I I don't, I, I don't hesitate. I, I see that uh, Harley, it's outside of their, their comfort zone, to your point. But uh, th- that's also something that's not new. As far as integrating um, engine and designs and testing, I, I think that they're more than capable of doing that kind of work. Uh, sure, you know, with any new thing, uh, first model year, it might have some issues, but they're going to get that, uh, they're going to get that figured out and hammered out in the first year. You know, I, would I buy the very first one that comes off the line? Yeah, probably not. But I would, do, I would say the same about any automobile that comes off the line, right? I agree. I, I think, yeah, you know me, and I tend to look at bikes that have a number of years of, of historic reliability rather than the new hottest thing off the line. But, you know, some of that comes with how are you going to use it. To your point, if somebody's just going to go weekend warrior with it and ride it rarely and get their thousand miles a year on it, then I think buy the first one. Be the new kid on the block with the cool new bike. Um, they very well do really well. I mean, I'm just saying, like, as far as me and knowing the longevity of how long, like, how long am I going to hold on to something? And typically, I don't really sell things. So I want what I buy to be something that can last me a very long time, regardless of the number of the miles that I have on it. That, and I can also work on it, service it myself. So the more complex it gets in that regard, the more I may shun away from it. Because I I know that I'm going to hesitate to take it to a dealership, and not because I don't trust dealerships, although there might be a little bit of that, but it's the premium that comes along with it. I find by doing things myself, one, I can justify the purchase of new tools, and two, that I can spend however long I want to spend on this project to be able to make sure that it's right when it goes back together. I know what's been done, and I can't blame anybody else if it goes wrong. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we, we've talked about that in previous episodes about where what to do with your bike, right? Whether to take it to a shop, do it yourself, 
or learn to do it with a friend. So we've discussed that topic, and I think I think you're right. I mean, when it comes to ability to work on, that's one of the things about motorcycles in general. Even even the most complicated four six cylinder on some of the older ones, you know, it's still a pretty basic overhead cam setup on some of those complicated bikes. That although the tolerances are crazy tight. It's a simple, tight package that's easy enough to work on as a single individual. So without, you know, without needing a team of five to, to pull an engine, you can do most of that yourself pretty easy in, a, in you know, a one-car garage in a, and basically have shop-quality built. So, yep, I agree. Um, you know, I think Harley's got a good name for people being able to work on them. I, I know that is one of their strong suits is having bikes that, that – can either be dropped off or that you can customize and work on from home. So I imagine for to your point on that, it will be uh, an owner friendly bike. Yeah. Yeah. I anticipate. So uh, the other thing that I think that's just interesting about this whole debut is it's like old, like old new, like, like we should have had this <laughs> in our hands. Like we could go and look at it in a dealership and take it for a test ride right now. Of course the year hasn't been, um, been gentle on a lot of releases in general and pan america is one of them i was just looking at an article that was november of you know 2019 where they were talking about the specs of the engine being 145 horsepower at 90 uh 145 horsepower 90 foot pounds of torque sorry Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that uh, maintains true for the debut on the 22nd of february but uh, man, this is this is this is overdue. I mean, a lot of people have been looking forward to this and seeing what's going to happen. And Harley Davidson's just had a lot of turnover and things that have just kind of hit the fan in general. I know we talked about it a little bit, but uh, I mean, how do you think this is going to be perceived? Like, how well are people going to take on this and actually jump in and start buying something that's new from Harley Davidson that isn't part of their typical heritage? Uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's pretty hard to predict just based on the weird changes to your point that have happened this year or in the last really year and a half. Um, but I 100% agree that, that the Bronx has been in the news as a teaser for, you know, three years now, and, and we're just now getting a release date. So I guess I got to say I'm glad that they stuck with it despite all of whatever hiccups or whatever happened that caused them to take so long. Mm-hmm. But that seems to... It's almost a negative for me. It seems to be the case with all of Harley's kind of new, unique, and different bikes. I mean, the Livewire, right? They test ran and played with, you know, seven, eight years before they released. And and finally, then a real production Livewire came out. And although it's got pretty good reviews, it's, you know, everyone knows it's expensive. There's no reason to beat that dead horse. But otherwise, as an electric bike goes, it, it does what it's supposed to do. It's powerful as heck. It's a good bike. Um, but again, it, it took four ever from the initial teaser you know years and years prior to actually getting a bike on the showroom floor uh you know kudos on harley to continue to push on something that takes that long but that that turnaround time does not compete with any other um manufacturer in the industry right everyone else is giving us a teaser in in july and by february of the next year that bike's on the showroom yeah they don't waste any time they want to take advantage of the hype you know and there's something to to that right you get people all hyped up about something new and if you don't ride that wave by the time you get it released they've already moved on to what else is you know hyped as new and exciting and everybody's talking about it so uh, i see them trying to kind of fuel some of that hype a little bit but not a whole lot and 
I think that's been a missed opportunity, but uh, if anybody can uh, hold off and depend on their base uh, customers, then uh, I think it's Harley. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take people getting on the bike, actually riding it, some legitimate reviews and seeing them out and not even hearing anything about it, but seeing them performing in their element, if you will, before people are going to really start jumping into them. And, and I think that even then, you know, the visuals uh, are something that we maybe should discuss as well. But uh, uh, they're they're going to have a few hurdles along the way, but I, I think it'll turn out well. Yeah, I think it helps that you know Harley's kind of a one trick pony, so adding another trick, people are are willing to wait for because it's still big news. I think once we start getting the Bronx, the Pan America, your classic Harleys, your you know your uh, Livewire, once you have this lineup of of multiple different styles of bike. If you come out with something new, it's not so new and different. I don't think you can wait three years to to release what you talk about at that point. I think this this strategy is going to have to change as we see these new bikes come into the market. Well, another thing they have to keep in mind is that Harley Davidson General, has, you know, they don't really change a whole lot. I, I know there's lots of like iterations and small little tweaks and fairings and other things, but I think of of any you know uh, niche crowd that uh, Harley kind of is pretty conservative. They don't like a lot of change. I think there's always been a lot of of discussion and concern whenever something new was going to happen and, oh, it's going to be horrible and it's not going to turn out right. And what are they thinking, right? And, and then all of a sudden they become the next thing and everybody has to have it, right, as far as Harley-based fans are concerned. So I don't think this is anything new in, in that regard is that I think there's going to, be some people that are going to have some things to say oh it's not it's not true Harley it's not what they're known for and and if they stick it out long enough and if it actually performs I don't think any of that will matter it just it's going to take them a little bit longer I think that's one of their biggest hurdles in general as an organization when people think Harley they think of a certain kind of mindset kind of motorcycle kind of riding kind of culture if you will as kind of a I mean you know you know us any listener that's listened to us more than once knows that that we are very welcoming of, of any type of bike, any brand of bike, you know, from a Chinese scooter up to, you know, a, a, I guess they're not Confederates anymore, but whatever Confederate changed their name to with their big $130,000 motorcycles, right? It doesn't matter what you ride. If you're part of the community and you love to ride, join us. Um, and to that point, I, I like what Harley's doing here. And I'm okay with them breaking the mold and not being you know, Harley, because <laughs> when you think of Harley to your, you're, you're exactly right. You think of a single bike, really, you think of a road glide or maybe an, you know, a fat boy or a fat Bob or any of these that, that really have the same look, but just with more accessories on one, less accessories on the other. Granted, the sports are a little different and the, uh, you know, there's a couple bikes that, that they've had in history that, that, that are slightly different, but it's still the same mold of bike. And, and so I like that they're branching out and they're going to become like a lot of other manufacturers where they'll have, you know, a, a full lineup of whatever you're into. Harley won't be, you know, necessarily Harley and, and coming from Jeeps in my history, same kind of thing. A lot, when I was a kid and, and when a lot of people today as kids think of Jeeps as the Wrangler, but right. Jeep makes lots of other cars. If you are a Jeep person and you want to not be a Wrangler person, you can do that. And that's kind of what Harley's doing, right? If you are a Harley person, but you think adventure bikes are more comfortable because you like the upright sitting position, you now have an option. You're not stuck with, you know, the recliner. Yeah. 
So I like that. I think we're going in the right direction. And I think the only way to truly test this is to get ourselves a couple of Pan Americans and, uh, you know, do a, a cross country adventure. I think we've got to go ride Brazil. Oh, that's an interesting point. If only we knew somebody that uh, we could talk to about that. So that's, thank you for picking up on that. Um, kind of to finish off our, our conversation today, we just want to lead no, into... No, I didn't even get to talk about the looks. I mean, what do you think about the looks? Oh, crap. Here we go. Fine. I'll have to think of another transition later. Here we go. I know. I'm sorry. I just... Oh, I, man, I, I transitioned so good. I pull away. I think that there's one glaring issue that keeps coming up that we need to address. We can't just pretend that it's not there. I mean, what do you think about the looks? Is there anything that's just driving you crazy looking at it? No, I actually really like the look of it. I've heard a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of conversation, controversy around the headlight and the fairing. What I mean, I, I know I'm drawing attention to one specific area, and it is something that is quite unique that you don't see any other bikes in this class or in general doing. Uh, uh, what do you think about that? How do you think that fits into what this bike is being marketed as? I think it's a new take on an adventure bike. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who rides a dual headlight sport bike, per se. That's very outside of the norm. You know, I know a lot of people hate the GS and it's kind of winking headlight. You know, there, there's complaints about headlights or general style cues on the bike. I think it's different. It's original. You know, it looks like a weird take on the, you know, an ultra glide or, or the Batman um, windscreen that you can get for your Harley. But at the same point, it's different. It looks Harley and it works. I think it works for the, the overall styling of the bike pretty well. Yeah, I don't think it's horrible. I just, that's one thing that, you know, I think that that's one area that we might see quite a custom market towards. It'd be interesting to see with as much um, controversy as there's been, if Harley um, also releases a different variation. There, it's, Harleys are all about being able to customize and so many Harley Davidson branded parts that you can buy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with something, but do you foresee that being in their release as well is that you could spec it with a different headlamp or so how do you think you know you look at you look at all the manufacturers today and and when they release a new bike there's you know the part of the release is and we've got 248 accessories already ready to go you know that is that is every release or debut or unveiling event that we've had for you know bmw triumph kawasaki Yamaha with their Tenere 700, like all of these guys, when they come out with a new bike, the thing to do now is try to get ahead of the aftermarket, which makes sense, right? As a manufacturer, you want to say that you can sell those aftermarket parts instead of letting, you know, anyone across the river or wherever make parts that fit your bike. And and why not? So I am 100% sure Harley's going to have a lineup. I mean, after a three-year wait to get this bike in person, there better darn well be a lineup of accessories to let people make it their own. Mm. yeah 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 i know that they're gonna have a lot in there i just i'm just curious i I think that's the one thing that people have talked about i mean in general there's there's concerns but some of that's just in people think of a certain thing when you think of a harley and then you release something new and it's completely different right i mean they had to deal with that with the live wire remember to think about the do with that with the pan america and i'm even i'm sure with the bronx there's going to be something although the bronx is a pretty hot bike 
I believe, but uh, I want to get on one of these and check it out. I want to get on a couple different bikes and really compare it to some other adventures. And that's where I think being able to go on this uh, ride in Brazil with a few different bikes would be pretty amazing, even though I don't think that's ever going to happen for us, but I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, speaking of of riding in Brazil, uh, a while back watched a... (laughs) I like the transparency of this one after we've already talked about it, this transition. Um, But yeah, after uh, watching a a documentary a while back, we have touched base with a a really cool gentleman named Ryan Pyle. Uh, If you haven't heard of him, you can just check out his website. It's pretty easy to remember, ryanpyle.com. Um, but he's done a number of documentaries on different adventures and different things he's doing uh, or has done and, and all of this. Uh, pretty renowned guy, has a lot of accolades to his name uh, within kind of the adventure and photography community, uh, but does a couple of videos, uh, six-part documentaries, there's three of them, on rides he's done for long distance over 60 days across three different countries. He's done China, India, and Brazil. And I kind of stumbled uh, across this a while back and have recently caught up on basically all of this stuff that he's been doing. Uh, so, yeah, we touched base with him. And uh, I am super excited to announce that next week we will be sharing an interview that we're going to have with him here coming up. So we're going to talk with Ryan, get to know uh, get to know him better, what, what drives all of this adventure. Uh, what drives his motorcycle passion. Obviously, he has that if he's willing to go 60 days in in difficult countries, uh, not just with regards to people or economics, but in some really difficult situations on a few of these that that are less than ideal for motorcycles especially. Um, but really cool stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess that's what I want to debut and share that we are really excited to share this interview. Um, we know that everyone's going to friggin' love it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, however, if you get a chance prior, check out some of these videos. They're on Amazon. They're on YouTube. Uh, they're called Tough Rides uh, with Ryan Pyle. Uh, he goes with his brother Colin on a couple of these as well. Pretty cool to watch. Uh, just kind of the adventure to understand the difficulty and freedom that is motorcycling across the world, but also get some of that culture. He he does a good job of sharing the culture in these places that he goes and really trying to understand uh, you know, the people there. So I, I know, Brad, I kind of turned you on to it. And I know you've watched a few. What do you think? I, I think it's pretty exciting. I thought it was really good. The, the cinematics and the things he throws in a few different uh, other side shoots and adventures. I mean, it's all about the adventure. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better as well. And I, I've only watched a few of the, a few of the episodes and uh, I'll have to continue watching them in the background while I'm doing other things for, for the days to come and dream and drool about uh, those possibilities gone out the window for me. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, (laughs) it is cool to see. Uh, I'm excited to to have this conversation. So that's, I guess, kind of our big exclusive announcement here. Uh, The payoff. If you listen to the whole episode, you get to find out that next week we'll have another one. Breaking news! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have that interview. I'm excited to, to get to know it. We'll have that here in a couple of days for us, but that'll be released as next next week's episode. Next week's, um, or is it going to be the week after? I, well, when this releases, sure. it'll be the week after this. Okay. We're always a little ahead, uh, and we've got a few in the can that'll, that'll come after that here, too. But Or we will have. Um, ready to go. So it'll kind of put us up where we should be able to make it through the holidays, no problem. 
And then, of course, you know we're coming back in January with our predictions for 2021. So there's a lot kind of in the pipeline of discussion points. Keep up with us. Uh, we appreciate those that have. Uh, last month was kind of a pivotal month for us. We've we've kind of picked up. We took a month off a while back. We are back in the top rung of, of number of people downloading throughout the month uh, with regards to our own stats. So we really appreciate everybody joining us. Appreciate that support. Appreciate the uh, the feedback we've gotten. I've actually heard from a couple of people and, and really appreciate the, the love that we felt as we've kind of come back into doing this. Um, it's really cool to see. So yeah, check out our Facebook page, Slackermoto, slackermoto.com. Everything's there between those two, or feel free to follow us on Instagram. But definitely rate and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, we're really trying to kind of take this to the next level here in 2021, since 2020 was kind of a bust. Um, we're excited that kind of to finish off this year to, to show that we're still still pushing hard to have this awesome interview with Ryan. So appreciate everybody joining us, and we really look forward to talking with you next week and having helping everyone get to know the uh, the adventure that is Ryan Pyle. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.